Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Today is Monday, March 2nd, and this is Celtics Beat on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio-video coverage of the Boston Celtics. I'm Adam Kaufman. Episode 356 with longtime Boston Globe columnist Bob Ryan is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag and use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% bonus on your next deposit. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. Kaufman here with you. Yes, again, Kaufman back with you. It's been a few weeks, so glad to be here. And thanks to my producer, Evan Valenti, for holding down the fourth the last couple of shows with Jared Weiss, Dan Greenberg, those guys. They're great. Part of the next guard of Celts coverage, at least compared to this guy. This guy has been around the block, and he is a good friend of this show. The legendary Bob Ryan with me today, long of the Boston Globe, ESPN, of course, hosts a show with Jeff Goodman right here on the CLNS Media Network as well. What a way to open March. How's it going, my friend? Yeah, this is the 58th anniversary of Wilt's 100-point game, so let's pay homage. Well, yeah, there you go. You know, I'll tell you what, we we are going to turn back the clock. We're going to go through the uh, the time machine just a, a little bit later on in the show. But, of course, let's live present day. In fact, yep. I, I want to I bring you right in with this, you know, because we're, we're going to get to Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the health of Kemba Walker, Robert Williams, Boston's place among the NBA elite after winning 14 out of 18, all that good stuff. But I want to bring you into my life a little bit here, Bob, okay? Now, I, I had a bunch of friends over on Saturday. We were watching the game against the Rockets. This is a debate that, completely independent of that game, it turns into a shouting match. Anger, frustration, it's been going on for for months, if not years, on end. Because I and many people I know, uh, you are among them, I believe. We've definitely talked about this. I love and I trust Marcus Smart. Some of my friends, however, are among those, and I see them on social media too, believe that the Seas Guard is wildly overrated. My buddy Josh in particular, because I hope he's listening, he said of Smart, and I quote, Excellent defender. Great pass first point guard. If he's in your top three, you're an average team. If he's your five, you're great. He's a, a luxury for a championship team, someone that you want on a team-friendly contract, but no team would look at him and say, ooh, we have to have that guy to win a title. Your thoughts? I, I'll put it somewhere in the middle. Uh, that's an interesting theory about the third best guy, fifth best guy. He's, he's certainly, uh, if you're third best guy, let's see, I'm thinking, well, which often nights he is, and some nights he's, he's, he's more than that, uh, uh, on this team right now, uh, that's, that's okay. Look, I'm a fan. I'm a member of the fan club. I'm, a pres- <laughs> I'm not a president. I'm a regional president in the, in the sub-region here of, of the Marcus Smart fan club. He gives you things that are not replaceable 
anywhere else in the league. There is nobody like him. There are facsimiles, always. Uh, the closest thing to him is a sought-off version of him, and that's Patrick Beverly. I don't know of anyone else that, that fulfills this, this niche of unpredictable craziness this, this, uh, that the other team always has to worry about what, where, where he is, what he might do, what he might, and, and what he can accomplish next. Um, and and there's, a, uh, there's an energy that he provides and a toughness that he provides that the team uh, cannot do without in a long, for a long period of time. This team cannot survive without Marcus Smart. Uh, or nor can they survive without Jason Tatum or Jalen sure. Brown, but they cannot survive without Marcus Smart either. Last year, when um, they he missed a game, I don't know I, I, was, I, I was talking whether emailing uh, Doc. I was still good friends with Doc, and and he said, "quote quote quote," he gives them toughness. So tell that to your smart doubters <laughs> where this team would be without Marcus Smart uh, and that toughness. Where else are they going to get it? Uh, I'm sorry, um, he is. To this group, the way this team has been constructed and, and is, has evolved, an indispensable part of the mix. I just like that I name drop my buddy Josh and you name drop Doc Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, um, but, he would be highly coveted around this league. Well, and going back to that whole, if he's in your, you know, if he's in your top three thing, you know, we were all like this group of us. We we're all texting about this. You could make the claim, looking at the rosters, that Smart would be the third best player on the Bucks. Sixers, Lakers, Clippers, Rockets, Jazz, Nuggets, a whole bunch of teams yeah. that are right there in the conversation. Yeah, can you imagine if you threw him into the Bucks with the defense they already have? Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, and uh, come on. Uh it, it's uh, no, you that's a good one. I like it. I like it very much and um and oh, yeah, he would certainly change the feel of the Sixers and um yeah, no, he's I I I love Marcus Smart and and he's worked hard to make himself a a a uh a, a, a respectable offensive player. I mean, oh damn it! I mean, uh, so uh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 all in on Marcus Smart. Well, I, I and I, I think even better than respectable. Quite frankly, like if we were having this conversation a year ago or a year and a half ago, then I would say respectable, and I'd be right there with you. But now he is an elite passer. Yeah. You know, he's he's a, a well above average playmaker. Heck, at this point, he's an above average three point shooter. I mean, not by was, a ton, but he's no, above I was average. Trying not to go overboard. That's all because I'm, I'm I, I, I want to, but. Yes, that was probably an inappropriate choice of words. A, a, a good, a reliable, and much far more reliable offensive player. Yes. You know, uh, I I am high up in that Marcus Smart fan club, and I will tout all of his achievements yes, and all of the, you know all of these things. But Paul Pierce, who, as we know, I mean, he the man bleeds green, maybe literally, and he said on ESPN when talking about depth after Boston's loss to LA a couple of weeks ago. If these two meet in the finals, yeah. full strength, Celtics have the advantage psychologically after what we've just seen these last two games. Okay. I mean, period. I mean, I think Celtics have the best starting five in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the best collection of forwards, scoring forwards, mm-hmm. and, and that's what you need to win in the, in the game. Uh- All right, so Paul Pierce says they have the best starting five in the NBA. Let's extend that to Marcus Smart because he comes off the bench. So when everybody's healthy, and obviously rarely is everybody healthy, but when everybody's healthy, Mm. one through six, would you say the Celtics are the deepest team in the NBA? I honestly haven't given it enough thought that I can give you. I I do not want to give you an off-the-top-of-my-head answer to that. Uh, If you said come back to me in an hour or half hour after I did my homework, uh, <laughs> uh, I would I would be willing to give you an answer. I am not going there. There's no way I don't I, I, I can't uh, 
I just haven't thought that out at all. I'm sorry. So I'm not. I'm going to. Uh, I'll bow to Mr. Pierce on that one. But uh, um, now that he's mentioned it, I'm going to go do some homework. <laughs> I'm curious to see if I can support that theory. I, I'm afraid, in terms of Paul Pierce and his prognostications, uh, he's got a lot to live live down <laughs> after does. that playoff thing last year yeah you know I, he's, he's lucky he can walk out of the house and, and not uh, have to put a hoodie on uh, after proclaiming the thing was over after game one of yep. the buck series i love paul pierce as a player don't get me wrong i'm only kidding i'm here of course but uh, that was one of the most historically awful p- public pronouncements in our time <laughs> <laughs> well after you do your homework i want you to shoot me a text and tell me what okay. you came up with because I'm, yeah, I'm curious no, really i'll be happy to do that give me i'll keep me off the street give me something to do with yeah that. there you go what, so, all right, well, let's just compare a couple of rosters because I made the remark, probably foolishly, but sometimes, you know, I, I get I get prone to hyperbole, that I thought that Boston was a deeper team than Milwaukee overall because I started thinking about that one through six quite a bit and maybe left off, you know, some of the guys on the back end. But is it is it the C's lack of bench after Smart, after Cantor, just so far inferior that you can't make the statement Boston is deeper than than Milwaukee, or do you well, think the Celtics are? it's time to be trying to make any positive statement about the Boston bench, uh, looking at this astonishingly yeah. woeful uh, production of late. Uh, you know, and, and the other night, and then I, uh, you contrast that. <laughs> the Celtics, would they have? No, seriously, was, was it four points in the Houston game? Yeah. I know they've, uh, and do you know how many or, points? Or, the or, and only up? took, I think, four shots or something you know like that. How many points the Clippers had off the bench uh, the other night? 64. <laughs> so now they got Lou Williams. They also have Montrose Harrell. I mean, right. so th- this is starting to worry me. You know, I, I, we need, and I've been screaming for two years, please get a scorer. Off the, I want a guy off the bench who, when he, fills, uh, he files his taxes, puts down his occupational, quote, professional jump shooter, unquote. I've been, I've been looking for that guy, you know, and I, I was and I tweeted, you know, bring, where's Eddie House when you need him? Yeah, where's right. Eddie House when you need him? Uh, um, they need they need somebody like that. They need a scorer. I mean, and they've needed this. They've needed this kind of guy for for a long time, more than two years, by the way. And it's not he's not there now. They got young kids that have something to offer. I think Grant Williams is going to be a plus in the long run. I think Langford is going to be a plus in the long run. I'm really, you know, I'm disappointed that Carson Edwards has not materialized into any help at all. Um, but uh, it doesn't mean he won't in the long run, but he, right now he's not. Um, so, but this is, they need that kind of player, I think, to go a lot. It's, it, it's going to keep hold them back, and uh, I really believe that. So it it does seem like the, that guy is not coming in. Of course, you know, no. the, the time in the buyout market, it's winding down. It, it seems like, you know, Danny Ainge is, is not seeing that guy, and, and I know people like to flock to the idea of bringing Isaiah Thomas back. That's not an answer no. for no, a variety no, of reasons. So That's not the answer. So, not the know, answer. Right, so I, I don't think that guy's coming. And to your point about Carson Edwards, I know Brad Stevens tried to kind of leave the door open the other day and say that, he certainly could contribute toward the end of the season or even into the playoffs, or maybe he gets hot. You, you know, the the team is... I, I was thinking a lot about the, the whole bench scoring end of things. And again, we'll get to Tatum Brown, other starters in a little bit. But when someone is hurt, obviously Marcus Smart has to start. And so you have that huge struggle to generate anything off the bench. You highlighted the Houston game. There have been other examples of it recently. Celts president of basketball operations, Danny Ainge, though, he uh, was on the Sports Hub last week had an interesting sort of perspective about the importance of bench scoring. I want to know if you agree. Here's what he said. This is the same kind of thing that was, I remember on our team in the 80s, it was like, we need bench scoring. It's like, no, you don't. Not when you have five starters that are scoring 120 points. 
you know, scoring, a lot of teams put their second best player off the bench or the third best player off the bench. And like Amano Ginobili as an example. But, you know, I, I think that that's always overrated bench scoring. I think depth is important, but you need to have guys that fit into their roles. And, you know, we like to use our, our starting five wing players. And I, I put um, Kemba in that category, Kemba and Marcus, Jalen, Jason, and Gordon. You know, three of those guys are going to be on the court at all times in the playoff series. So, Bob, to Danny's point, I mean, should Smart be coming off the bench? Should he start and then Hayward maybe comes off the bench to balance things out a, a little bit? I mean, my my producer even said to me, "Hey, what about bringing Kemba off the bench?" And you've got, and I don't agree with that one, but no. I mean, Hayward, I could I could at least understand. I'm not even saying I'm for it, but I could justify it. What, what do I, you think? Yeah, I. I... As you said it, I'm thinking, you know, it is not a, a ludicrous notion or anything of that sort to, to ask him or tell him that's the way he's going to be used. He is a, a tease still to us now. You know, he's, he's been better this year, clearly. Still not the Hayward they're paying. You know, he's not living up to what they hoped he would be uh, on a consistent basis. He just isn't not on a consistent enough basis, I'll put it that way. Um, uh, and Danny's I'm not going to totally agree with this. Uh, when they were the 86 team had ceasing. And, and that's good enough. That's uh, even that. That would be that. We don't have that guy. We don't have Jerry Seasting. We don't have a guy can that, that reliable uh, drop dead fifteen foot shooter. Uh, uh, we don't have him. And um, you know, we hope it was going to be Edward. I knew it was going to be trouble when Edwards had that game in Charlotte. That phenomenal, never to be seen, never before, never again. Eight threes in five minutes and twenty six seconds. You knew it was going to be a problem. The, People were going to, he was going to raise expectations that were not going to be met. But, uh, but I, I did think he was going to have a role. I didn't think he would be a non-factor. Uh, but we, we knew he never was going to live back up to that. Uh, Danny, about that. Yeah, it's easy now. They're, they had a game not in the, in the recent past when they had four starters with 25 points, which was only the second time, uh, first time we know it happened since 1960 mm-hmm. on this team. Yeah. Um, but that's not going to happen every playoff game. Danny himself fulfilled. Hey, Danny... Let's go back to Game 7 in 1984 against the Lakers. What turned the game around? You came off the bench in, in the second <laughs> quarter and, and lit the team up, Danny. Uh, thank you, Danny. Yes. Um, you know, so um, I'm, uh, I'm not buying it. <laughs> uh, let's, let's chat about Jason Tatum quite a bit, actually, because he's going to turn 22 years old tomorrow, just 22. And my goodness, this kid has taken a leap that everyone wanted to see this year. In fact, I would argue he has been even better this year than what anyone realistically expected from him after what we saw last year. He's an all-star. He's averaging almost 24 points. He's been efficient, 45% shooting, 40% from three. He's up over 80% from the line. He's getting seven rebounds per uh, February. The Best month of his young career, averaged almost 31 points. I think he's going to be the Eastern Conference Player of the Month, but we'll find out. And he has been elite on both sides of the ball, for that matter. So what has stood out to you most about his development and his play? First of all, he's reached a point Saturday night where he didn't really look that good by his new standards, and he still had 30. Yeah. And when you get that, that's, that's, a, rare, that's a whole other level of... Of of um, excellence and of, and of uh, uh, stature, when when you when you don't look good getting you know as good as you have looked, I think you you know if you didn't see those numbers being flashed in real time as the game was going on, you never would have thought after the start he had in that game that he had thirty points. All right, what we're seeing is uh, a a corner a franchise player who has. Uh, 
uh, first team all league uh, uh, capability sooner rather than later uh who is going to be uh you know a must have on the team USA and the and the Olympics and who's going to be can be the best player on a championship team he's got and and he's just turned 22 yes uh we know that his defensive uh, ability, uh his prowess has uh, taken a big step up this year uh, we know that uh, his all-around game. You know, he, he can he can make the appropriate passes, uh, uh, particularly off the dribble, uh, uh, and and the three-point shooting has has gone been at times fantastic. I mean, uh, and the range is really something. It's not just three-point. It's it's Curry Land sometimes. Um, there's nothing not to like. This is something. No, no. And the idea of his. Uh, this is the guy that Danny properly traded up for to get, and. Uh, uh, it, it's fulfilling it all. Last year, uh, at this time, you know, we were concerned. He, he, he had taken a step back uh, every way. Uh, whether we say it's all about being spooked by Kyrie or whatever was going on, you know, it took. He never did really figure it out. Jalen Brown did. Second half of last year, Jalen Brown started to play better, but Tatum never we, we, uh, matched his uh, rookie year uh, in any consistent way last year. And this year, he's not only matched it, he's exceeded it, and he's one of the handful of best players in the league in the last month. If just a, and, and you know, and there's no reason to think it was just a, you know, a blip on the radar screen that, that this isn't going to be the new norm. I, if this is the new norm, they've got they've got a, a, a great player. That's kind of the, one of my favorite things about Jason Tatum is that if Danny is to be believed, he said that Tatum was his guy no matter what. If they had stayed at number one, he was going to take him at number one. But he was so confident. Philly would take Fultz, Lakers would take Ball that he was comfortable trading back for three because he yeah. knew Tatum would still be there. Well, that's good. I, I, I misspoke, of course. I said he went and traded up, and, of course, he traded back. Yeah, there's no doubt that was his guy. I think they probably thought Fultz was pretty good. No one foresaw what... what All the injuries you know, and everything. His, his, an injury and, and the psychological problem. Right, you know, the, the, for sure. That, that he's now... I'm happy to say he's, his career is on track now. You know, people haven't paid attention. Um, he's, he's been resurrected, and, and good for him, because, you know, you wouldn't want any... You, you, there's nothing wrong with the young man. You want him to have a good career, and I'm glad he's going to have it. But I'm glad we got this guy. Now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, I'm excited to have him around. It's just it's wonderful. And to think of how, how young he is. Uh, but, you know, I, have, I was asked a very interesting question the other day. Uh, if you were well, – Jeff Goodman uh, asked me mm-hmm. uh, on our podcast, and he said, uh, uh, how many – if you were starting a team today, how many player, player, people would you take ahead of him? If you were starting that 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 old chestnut that we go we do in sports so often, if you were starting starting a team today, how many players, given all all the factors of age for people and everything else, would you take ahead of them? There aren't many. No, there really aren't. I mean, that's one of the things that I was going to ask you with Tate. I mean, how far are we? We're not there yet, so I, I don't want people to go nuts after what was a tremendous month. But how far are we from viewing Tatum as a top five, top ten player in this league? Oh, ten. We're not far there. In fact, ten based on this season. Up to this point, he's in it. You know, I mean, if for the, in the 2019-20 season, you, you tell me he's not one of the top ten players. Of course he is. So, uh, and he's on his way up. So, how far? Maybe a year or two for five. I mean, you know, you got to. You know, who are we talking about? We're talking about. Uh, we still got the King, and we still got Leonard, and we still got uh, Giannis, and we got Anthony Davis, and uh, Durant uh, conceivably uh, when he's healthy. Then, then yeah, and then tell me, you know, how many yeah. more? How many more? So. 
yeah, he's 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 vaulted into that, that the discussion. He's on the fringe of that discussion. That's where he is, and he's about to, and you know, elbow his way into the centerpiece of that discussion. So just as you did, Danny Ainge commended Tatum's three point shooting, and not just the fact that he's making them, but the way that he's creating those opportunities is part of the reason that he's played so well. Also, the finishing around the rim in the past that was a real problem. He's been much more consistent at doing that. What do you still need to see from Tatum, though? What's he still need to work on? Work on? Well, I don't know. I mean, technically, I can't. Not much technically. I just think it's command presence, you know, knowing uh, I, I, knowing when and how to, to sort of take over. Uh, if, 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 you, if he has the respect, you know, like Brown, Brown's an interesting thing here. Brown, Brown is talking him up. And I'm glad because, you know, people – there was a point in time not too too long ago, you know, you could raise the question. Well, if you had to keep one or pay one or the other down, you know, forever, which one would? You? And there were people to make it a good, make a good case for Brown. Brown. I'm so happy to have Brown. Brown's terrific, but Brown. This is where Antoine Walker uh, surprised us years ago when he publicly acknowledged that Paul Pierce was the best player in the team. At a point when I was a, a surprisingly humble statement at that moment from from Antoine Walker. Well, I'm not equating. God knows Antoine Walker and Brown are very different players, but Brown is publicly conceding this argument right now. Well, if if he enjoys that respect from and uh, then then the the thing is how to utilize that respect. And uh, you know, one of the tricky things about sports. What's what's, what's one of the things so wonderful about basketball? Look, all sports have their essence. Uh, they have their dynamics, and one of the dynamics of basketball: five people, one ball, and that it's not just a matter of, psych- of, of talent, but of psychology, of, mm. of making not not just what you can do, but how you can utilize the the other people so that you get the best out of everybody. Uh, um, Pete Carrillo wrote a wonderful book called the, the, "The Weak Take from the Strong," and and you. You know, you have to understand the psychology. Uh, if you're the best player, you can't take every shot, even though, in theory, if they clear out for you, every, you know, that's the best thing you can do uh, for the team. But it isn't in the long run. You have to keep people involved mentally and spiritually, and, and uh, the best players understand how to do that. So that, that's where he you know, has to grow into that. He's 22. I don't expect him to have that presence. But once he acquires that, then I think that, that that's the last step. Obviously, Tatum is, again, he's really taken that leap this year, so we will not hold anything against Greg Popovich that he said over the summer before we saw this out of Tatum. But I heard your friend Jackie McMullen remark that uh, back in Team USA camp, Popovich told Tatum, you know, you can be like Kawhi Leonard, you can be like Paul George. Now, uh, I think Kawhi, obviously, that's one of the best of the best of the league. We talked about that. Paul George, I think, possibly, not to get crazy, Paul Paul George could be selling Tatum short. You know, what, what is Jason Tatum's ceiling? You know, it's ceiling is that he's not, you know, be he's Hall of Fame, obviously, right. uh, championship, couple of championship rings, uh, uh, first team All League some year, not this year, but some year, uh, kind of, you know, a, a couple of times. That's that kind of player. Uh, Anthony Davis, you know, the next step up. Uh, Anthony Davis has extraordinary talent. Um, he's not as good as Anthony Davis, but that's to me, that's the, you know, just look at the size and the body types and the and the abilities. Um, uh, that's that's a fair uh, aspiration. I'll put it that way. We'll get right back to Bob. I want to tell you today's show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Football season is over. Unless, of course, you count the XFL. That is happening. But it doesn't mean there aren't still opportunities for you to make money. Of course, talking NBA, right? This season winding down, NHL as well. But in the spirit of basketball, because it's what we're doing here, Lakers plus 250 to win a championship. Bucks plus 250. 
same deal. Equal odds to win a title. Clippers plus 350. Sixers plus 1,200. But how about the Celtics? Plus 1,200 now? Celtics gaining ground. May have wanted to consider putting some money down a little earlier, I guess. Those odds are increasing. Again, you win 14 out of 18, people are going to pay attention, especially when you beat a lot of playoff teams along the way. But it's still a good opportunity because the C's could absolutely surprise some people. So if you want to make a little cash, again, plus 1,200, something to think about. BetOnline.ag also with odds for NBA MVP, Rookie of the Year. If you're looking to score on more than just basketball, I mentioned there's hockey, there's other football, there's golf, there's soccer, there's baseball, there's baseball futures. Those are out. BetOnline.ag has you covered. And if you don't see a prop that you really like, it's okay. Make it up on the spot. BetOnline.ag will give you a line for it. Remember, when you go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50 for a 50% bonus on your next deposit. That's betonline.ag, and the promo code is CLNS50. Let's get back to Bob. We heard from Pierce earlier, and he's, you know, very high on Tatum. You hear it in a lot of the interviews that he does. You see him celebrating like crazy on the sidelines at the Garden when Tatum does big things. But I can't help but wonder, and I'm not, you know, trying to create any sort of contrived whatever. I just, these are the things that I think about. <laughs> with the with the ego in sports, when it comes to all-time greats or, you know, legends of a team, and Paul Pierce certainly one of those, is any part of Pierce a little bit jealous? So many people already think Tatum could be better than than he was? Oh, boy, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I can't say that. I don't know. I, I I think he's a fairly realistic, you know, guy. I mean, even though I, I kidded a kid about that awful prediction. But, <laughs> but uh, that aside, um, he certainly is an astute basketball person. Uh, I, I think he's proud. Look, Paul Pierce is, to me, he's a, you know, top uh, – here we go. Yeah. Sort of a top five Celtic. You know, you go – we know who the top four – Mount Rushmore's are there's, there's one that you just can't even begin to dispute. You know that 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 the, the Celtic pantheon of achievement and accomplishment and 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 and, and uh, honor to this franchise. You know, are, are, are in, in in chronological order: Kuzi, Russell, Havlicek, and Bird. And there's no. And the next, then the question is: Who's the? If we talk about the fifth, it's down to Paul Pierce and, and Kevin McHale. And you know we can have that argument. The kingdom come, so that's hmm. fine. Uh, and so someday, you know, we'll 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 this kid inject himself into that discussion. That that would be a good Celtic thing for the future. Yeah, and obviously lots to achieve before that. We know that. But uh, a guy you mentioned before, Jalen Brown, he has scored twenty plus in five straight. First time all season that he's done that, which really doesn't sound as good when you add the fact that he's averaging better than 20 a game. But what it does do is speak to his consistency. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people may not remember when he signed his new contract extension, which begins, by the way, next year, there were a lot of people like me who celebrated the deal. There were others who thought it was too much and the Brown had not earned that yet and that it was just it was an overpay out of Danny Ainge. And right now, Danny is looking like a genius because Brown absolutely would have been maxed out this summer and earned millions more. I agree. Uh, there was a, that was a tough one, you know. The, we, but right, Danny rolled that dice in a sense in his head, I'm sure, and 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 and, and said, "I'm going for it." And 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 hoping. Then you hope the obviously that the young man responds to it 
in the right way and not, you know, not a, I'm, I'm arrived, I'm complacent, I don't have anything more to prove, but it, it uses it as a springboard to show the world how good he can be, and I think that's what he's doing. I think they have a wonderful combination with those two. And, uh, uh, and, and plus, I, you know, I can't even think of one of the great things about Brown. He's so adaptable to the modern game because what is he? He's a basketball player. Is he a three? Is he a big two? Is he a small four? I don't know. I don't care. He's a, he's a basketball player. You know, we've, we've really reached a point in this game. I'm, I'm really ranting now. Not ranting. I'm really roaming now. Uh, that This positionless player thing uh, is absolutely the game now. And uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm having, a, at times, a hard time adjusting to it. You know, from not the basketball I grew up with, but it's the one I have to accept now. And, and, but this, this kid is a wonderful, versatile basketball player. And, and, and it's, it's just foolish to try to slot him and say what he is. I'll ask you the same thing I asked about Tatum, and maybe the answer is a little more obvious when it comes to Jalen because he's just not of Tatum's level right now. But what does he still need to work on aside from free throw shooting? We know he's got to work on that. And what do you think his ceiling is? Oh, I don't know. Um, um, if he just maintains this level, um, I don't know what more. I mean, he's you know he's when you're, you're if you he's his size, he's who he's, he's who he is. You know, Tatum can accomplish something at his size, and and Brown's gonna can accomplish something at his. Uh, I I I just keep I like it. I don't want to be. I don't think he needs to be much better if he's gonna be, if he's gonna be thrown in twenty a night when we already knew that he established his original reputation as a defensive player. Uh, and um, I, I just, just ceiling, what? I don't know. Maybe someday make an all-star game, uh, you know, and the, the, I, I don't know, something like that. I'm, I'm not, well, I'm just happy. I'm just very happy the way he is. Well, part of the reason that both Brown and Tatum have been so good this year is, well, I'll defer to Brad Stevens. You know, Gordon, I think, has obviously had a really good year. Um, and the biggest thing about that is that, you know, obviously he's, he feels better. I think the summer helped where he put in a lot of work and then he's just done a good job of along with Kimba saying, you know, let's let these two guys be as good as they can be and let's do what we can to help them. Um, and then, you know, be as good as we can be when needed. And um, they've just been, you know, really good at that. And so it's been a big part of our, um, you know, so far what we've been able to accomplish. So Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, they've been just so willing to defer, to let the young guys lead when they're hot. Winning, it just, it it very apparently comes first for these guys, these vets who have not experienced a whole lot of winning in their careers, at least not when it counts in the playoffs. So how special or unique do you think that is, though, in today's climate of star athletes? Because we saw what happened last year, and it was a, a totally yeah. different situation. Yeah, you're right. It's very refreshing and, 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 and uh uh, rewarding for us as, as fans watching them do it, and 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 when it clicks and when they're playing a, a good game, you know this team is really enjoyable. Hey, uh, you know, and Hayward, as I did mention earlier, I wish he could be more consistently what he is. I don't know what, you know, is this it? Is this the way it's going to be? Uh, you know, the, he, he's teasing us, I think, more, you know, too much. Uh, and you know, you want desperately to, to like him. You want desperately for him to. Um, to, to get back to where he was, uh, and, and re- the reason why he came here, the reason why Danny inv- invested, uh, you know, significant dollars and in, 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 in hope in him. Uh, but um, he is, a, a, he's been excellent. He's been, he's been at times this year. It's been tremendously. It's been excellent. There are sometimes when you just go, oh God, you know, give me a little more. Um, but but attitude wise, he's a good you know, mix. Part of the mix of veteran wise, you know, no, you know, helping. 
uh, appreciate this because no, this team, you know, and then how, you know, there's so many different people we could talk about. That, and you know, Daniel Tyson, mm-hmm. uh, whoever dreamed he'd become this prominent, um, etc. But once again, it's it is that core group. Uh, period. You know, and 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 uh, uh, it, it's it so much depends on them night in and night out because of this problem. I but I the just. In opposition to Mr. Ames, and what I consider to be a problem is is bench production. You know, the, the, there are nights when you, you it's nice to have that infusion off the bench. You know, and really, who's the close? My, who is it? Not, it's not Brad Wanamaker. You know, yeah, he, he did have a double figure game not too long ago. Uh, it was, it's almost like it's a real. Sh- now the other thing, the other X factor, and that comes there are going to be plenty of nights. The other night was one of those examples of how the game has evolved. The fact that Cantor got a DNP. When Cantor has been so prominent and so important, so many other nights this season, right. uh, but they're playing against the Rockets, and he didn't, he couldn't find a, in his mind a place to put him in the game at, for one second. Uh, this is amazing. But there are going to be uh, there are nights when Cantor is a major, major, you know, plus, and 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 there are going to and those nights will come, will occur before the season's over. We'll talk about some of those bigs in a sec, but just staying with Kemba for a moment. He's missed the five straight games since playing around thirty minutes in the All Star game. People have been all over that and and unsurprisingly so but the knee it's still bothering him it's possible he'll be back tomorrow against the nets as we chat right now maybe he won't we'll see but regardless boston's going to have to manage his minutes down the stretch to ensure he is as healthy as possible entering the playoffs but are you worried about that knee yes i don't like it uh, and, and i i didn't want to get involved in that hoo-ha about the all-star game uh uh but you know the problem in the conspiratorial thinkers among us had an easy uh an easy uh, uh argument there and that who was coaching the team but one of your yeah. uh, a, a tremendously important rival one that, by the way you have to prove you can beat uh, you know frankly when when it ever matters but uh that didn't look good, although I don't think there was anything nefarious in the mind of Nick Nurse. I think hardly at all. <laughs> but uh, you can understand how conspiratorial people would say, well, ha-ha, look at that. Who was the coach? It was Nick Nurse. He was going <laughs> to run down our guy. Um, this, yeah, I'm worried because we need, we need him. And, and uh, you know, and, uh, on two levels. One, I want to see him play. I love watching him play. And, and two, uh, we need him. And uh, uh, I say we as a fan. So I, I want him. And uh, they're not going to, whatever their full ultimate destiny is, of course it's got to include uh, Kemba Walker being a primary factor. So, uh, yeah, that does concern me. Yes, I'm, it's nice when they can win games without him, and that's all well and good. In the NBA, every team has to have those circumstances uh, when they've got to win without their best people. Look what Philly, you know, they didn't get it done yesterday, but, boy, they almost got it done against a really good team without their guys. So, uh, you know, you need those, you need those uh, games, but you want your aces out there, and I want Kemba Walker back, yes. You mentioned Daniel Tice. Does it surprise you that, I mean, obviously he's been so good, so steady defensively, so reliable offensively, he's setting screens, he's rolling to the rim, he's been a good playmaker, he's getting key rebounds, all of it, putting up numbers occasionally, He's but consistent production. Does it surprise you that there hasn't been that much of a drop-off from Al Horford to Tice in terms of what they bring to this team? Yes, I'm, I'm gratified. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't like losing Al, but it turns out uh, they got the best out of Al, I think, that anybody's going to get from now on. You know, I mean, Philly's mightily disappointed. There's no doubt about it. And uh, uh, then they they got a big investment there. Uh, yes, I didn't think that we would not that we would get along so well in that regard. Uh, but uh, Daniel Tice is simply a better basketball player than I ever realized. And uh, and he made 
at least three tremendous blocks in the in the Rocket game, uh, by the way. And um, yeah, and his one of the things he does really well. He didn't have to do it the other night, but you know, he, he he's part of the the modern three point mania. He can make that shot. No, he's I never dreamed, you know, that this guy would be this good, and uh, he's really been an asset. Again, it doesn't appear that the Celtics roster is going to change at all before this postseason, aside from Robert Williams returning. So you've got Tice solid in his role. you got Ennis Cantor you talked about. There are good matchups for him, and he's a, a good contributor off the bench when called upon. And, you know, Boston's had smaller guys play the five as well, the whole positionless basketball thing. But what can Robert Williams add to this team when he is back in the coming days from that hip injury? Well, they're you know, hoping that, you know, that in the circumstances that they can play him, you know, fortunately you don't have to play the Rockets every night. Right. Uh, you know, he gives them that traditional old-fashioned uh, uh, the defensive presence. On, uh, uh, look, the, what's the vogue? The phrase in vogue, the rim protector. He is yeah. their resident rim protector. Uh, that if anybody qualifies as one on their roster, it is he. And they they've been intrigued about him from day one. I mean, there were uh, he was in a, he was a, a semi project when they got him, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and health has been the absolute primary issue. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, they've seen glimpses of things, and they really like, you know, because he got off to that bad start, you know, with the tardiness thing, you know, and uh, you know, he had to go, he had to prove to people lost that he his really wallet a couple of times. It was a that mess. He was serious, you know. Yeah. You got, hey, you're, you're you're professional now, son. You know, this is a this is no no you know no laughing matter. You better take your job seriously. You better get here on time. Uh, anyway, um, he, there's a dimension. There's a word. Good. He gives them a dimension that they otherwise lack. Now, uh, and and uh, they, you know, it could be some night that's enough to tip the scales if if he if he warrants playing time. If it's not this year, it might be next year. But but uh, they're 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 determined. Just you know, they're they're hopeful that they're going to get something uh, meaningful out of him. Uh, they really like his tools. There's no doubt. I mentioned earlier we'll uh, turn back the clock a little bit. Let's do that now because things are so good for the Celtics this year, so enjoyable as a, a fan, as a media member, as a well, certainly a player on that team, whatever it may be, things are, are great. We're dreaming big. I think we mm-hmm. can stomach a moment of when times were not so good. Do you know what was 20 years ago yesterday? Okay, 99. Uh, I mean, 20, excuse me, 2000. 2000 yesterday, March. Oh, uh, okay, was that Rick? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that twenty years. Wow, that's astonishing. I know it was coming up, but twenty. Yeah, well, we're waiting for that farewell press conference. Yeah. you know, I'm sure he's gonna. He's been a little bit busy, but he'll he'll carve out a little time. That whole uh, era, uh, you know, was very fascinating. Uh, obviously, from day one, from the coronation down at the garden, uh, you know, which is what it was. You know, it was like it was like Queen Elizabeth in, in 1952. You know, bringing him in here, and. Uh, uh, it didn't work, and it, period didn't work. And I'll just sum it up for people who, you know, in my, in my judgment. Well, so uh, wait, so did, hold that thought before you sum it up, because I, for anyone that is too young to remember or just has not heard it in a while, Rick Pitino, the rant against the media after Boston's buzzer-beating loss to Toronto. Vince Carter, yes, he was still playing back then, had a, <laughs> uh, a, a game-winning three-pointer to, you know, to obviously give the Raptors yeah, that victory, that. and was uh, asked Patino was asked what he told his young team after playing so hard in a loss, and then it, you just had to think he had this one holstered up, ready to go for whenever the time was going to need it, because this is what he had to say. People have only heard the clips over the years. This was the full rant. Well, we've played hard the whole year. We're going to be positive every day. You're the people being negative. You and some of the fans. Larry Bird's not walking through that door, fans. 
Kevin McHale's not walking through that door, and Robert Parrish is not walking through that door. And if you expect them to walk through the door, they're going to be gray and old. What we are is young, exciting, hardworking, and going to improve. People don't realize that. And as soon as they realize that those three guys are not coming through that door, the better this town will be for all of us. Because they're young guys in that room playing their asses off. I wish we had $90 million under the salary cap. I wish we could buy the world. We can't. The only way we can do is work hard. And all this negativity that's in this town sucks. And I've been around, and, and, and when Jim Rice was booed, I've been around with Yastrzemski booed, and it stinks. It makes the greatest town, greatest city in the world lousy. The only thing going to turn this around is being upbeat and positive like we are in that locker room. So if you think that we're not coming to play against the Toronto Raptors, you're mistaken. Only we're not coming to play with Bird, McHale, and Parrish or Kuzi or Russell. We're coming with young guys who want to get better, want to play the game. And we're going to stay positive all the way through. And if you think I'm going to succumb to negativity, you're wrong. you got the wrong guy leading this basketball team. Think about how much grayer and older those three guys would be uh, right now, Bird, McHale, and Parrish. But the last part, Bob, he was absolutely right about. Wrong guy. Patino didn't last a whole lot longer, resigned only 10 months later. So, uh, to, well, I cut you off before, so I'll let you continue just of that era. Uh, first of all, I just uh, learned that the question that prompted that had to do with rebounding. So you're 100% <laughs> correct, Adam. He, that was a total premeditated he was going to find a way to, to get that off his chest that night. Yep. Okay. The sum total is good coach, atrocious general manager with no patience. Uh, no, his general manager did in his coach. His general manager was himself. And that's the summation of his Boston experience. He is so spooked by his Boston experience. He's basically whitewashed it from his resume. It's like it never happened. He went from, you know, he went from BU to, to the Knicks, to Providence, to the Knicks, uh, to Kentucky, to the Celtics. Uh, no, no, to Kentucky, to Louisville. Yeah, yeah. Celtics never happened. Those never happened. He's utterly, and it's the biggest, you know, remember, the, he actually had the, you know, he was so audacious. I, I used to kid, he had, had more, he had more, uh, you know, autobiographies, had about three of them. And <laughs> one of them was success is a choice. <laughs> Apparently he didn't choose it then. <laughs> didn't choose it in Boston, you know? Uh, the hubris, you know, you know, the whole thing. Look, he's, so, yeah, that, that, uh, that, 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 that episode in, 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 in Boston history uh, is really fascinating, there's no doubt. I remember opening night, though. I, bought, I, I was drinking the Kool-Aid big time. I was going to ask you that. I didn't go back in the, the Globe archives oh, to look. I go back and look up the opening night. They beat the Bulls, I think, without Jordan. And Jordan was hurt. And, or either that or Pippen was hurt. One of, them, one of them was not there. They beat him. Travis Knight had a big game. His big, his big import that he, he <laughs> yep. cleared roster space for, uh, he had th- like 13 rebounds, you know. And I think what I said was real professional basketball came back to Boston last night. <laughs> oh. So what so, about – You know, it, I mentioned Paul Pierce. I guess I have to say some of us, uh, you know, I can't, run, I can't run away from it. It's there. You go, he you can he go drafted him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, granted he slipped all the way to 10. He would have had to be an idiot to pass to, to him. Rick Pitino. Patino come. I, I was like everybody else. I thought this is great. This is great. But the problem ultimately was he had too much power, and he was a GM, and he's a lousy. He was a lousy judge of NBA talent. Mm. He never even looked at. He, he didn't. He, he let Rick Fox go cavalierly. He would have loved Rick Fox. It's, it's you know as a player. 
And I'm glad for Rick Fox. He went to the Lakers, got a ring. That's great. But um, Rick was a lousy judge of NBA talent. He's a good college recruiter. We know that. But mm-hmm. sorry that he's good to a 16-year-old and project him into a 19-year-old. But he was, he was a bad judge of NBA talent. And then, of course, he was impatient. Trading Cha- Chauncey Billups, who showed some flashes in those three months he was here, uh, but he wanted a, quote, real point guard. Who drafted him? Who, who, who knew that Chauncey Billups was not a one, he was not a two at that point coming out of college? He was a hybrid. He was a combo guard. Everybody knew it. Yep. So he drafts him. He shoots horns him, wants him to be a one. He doesn't progress as quickly as he wants. He trades him for Kenny Anderson. Chauncey Billups winds up getting the ring in Detroit. And, you know, being a, I mean, there's lots of examples like that. Yeah, although I get, and I think about that one all the time too. I was going to bring it up, you know, even before you did. But the the only thing with Chauncey that I I'll give Patino a slight pass on, and not for you know, not even for trading him because obviously he gave up on him way way too soon. We saw the the player he became, but it did take a a handful of stops before he really came into his own and he got there. Yes, it did. It wasn't instant. He was probably his fifteen when he finally. Right. Seriously, yeah, you're right. Now you're right. You're right. But but. The impatience is what I'm trying to get. Right, absolutely. No, he you couldn't be more right about that. Patience. There's no reason that Chauncey Billups couldn't have become a 10-year Celtic and, and if, if Rick had exercised his patience. Yeah, that was an uh, interesting era and one that uh, I'm, I'm glad was as fleeting at, uh, at the old <laughs> Fleet Center, as you, if you will, as, uh, as it was. Yeah, but, absolutely. Well, Bob, this has been fun. It always is, and uh, always a thrill when you come on the show. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So if, if people ever wondered... Boy, do, do do guests get the questions in advance? This this is you know proof right here. You do not because I'm I'm looking forward to you doing your homework and telling me where you think the Celtics rank one through sixth against the rest of the NBA. Okay, that's my assignment. I take okay, professor. I will get. Yeah, back not to not often I get to give Bob Ryan homework, but here we are. <laughs> okay, Adam. Anytime. You know that. Thanks so much. Talk to you again Bye. soon. Okay. Always a great thrill talking to Bob Ryan. It really is. Uh, I love that we have him on the show however many times a year. He's just great. And if you don't listen to his podcast, the CLNS podcast with Jeff Goodman, you should make sure you do that as well because uh, both of those guys really uh, just they make up a great tandem, wealth of experience, knowledge, contacts, all of it. You should check that one out. As always, though, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Go to iTunes, search Celtics or Celtics Beat. It'll pop right up. Subscribe, and uh, these shows, they come out every single week. Today's show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. Go to BetOnline.ag, use the promo code CLNS50 for 50% bonus on your next deposit. We're into the stretch run at this point. It's going to be a lot of fun. A few more weeks left in the regular season or month, whatever it is, but not a ton of games. You know, we're, we're more than three-quarters of the way through the year at this point. The Celtics still jockeying, trying to get that second seed uh, trying to pull it away from the Raptors. They're only, as we chat right now, a game and a half back. So that Rockets loss didn't kill them. Win would have been great. Would have made them uh, that much closer, obviously. But that loss, manageable, I, I guess, for lack of a better word. Thanks to Bob. Thanks to Evan. Thanks to uh, Nick, Larry, John, everybody at CLNS Media. Thanks, of course, most of all to you. Always welcome your feedback. You can get me on Twitter, at Adam M. Kaufman. Since we don't have it as part of the show, I'll make sure to tweet whatever Bob tells me uh, the results are of his homework assignment. And, uh, well, something for you guys to think about as well. One through six, okay? You're, uh, when, e- when everybody's healthy, Tatum, Brown, Kemba, uh, Hayward, obviously smart, and Tice. One through six. Are the Celtics the deepest team in the NBA? See what you think. Tweet me. Again, at Adam M. Kaufman. In the meantime, Gino... Get us out of here.